What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Yo, what up? This is Air Wright with another episode of You Can't Guard Me. We are on episode number 13. It sounds crazy. It feels like we just started, but we're 13 episodes in now. Um, I do appreciate everyone uh, listening in, giving feedback. Please continue to do so. If you, if you don't know me, um, Twitter's It's Aunt Right. Uh, currently on Spotify and iTunes. It's the big ones for the podcast. So please, please rate, like, subscribe, um, and uh, I would highly appreciate it. I think some trolls from Ohio State got uh, a hold of my account, and um, they've been trying to finagle with some of the ratings, but um, I do enjoy doing this. I enjoy doing this a lot, and the more feedback that you guys give to me, uh, the better that I can make make my show cater towards you, because um, that's who I'm doing this for, and I do enjoy doing it. Um, it's a lot of fun. It really, uh, really breaks up my day. I'm super busy. Um, you guys think I tweet all the time? Like a tweet takes maybe five seconds. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna get right into it here. Uh, we're gonna go over uh, the Big Ten. We're we're gonna go over pretty much every single game. Uh, very, very briefly, very, very briefly on what's been going around, what's been going around the league, and uh, gonna go into Michigan, and we're gonna go right into the mailbag, which is uh, probably my favorite part. the mailbag. When you guys ask me questions, that's that's like a full segment in itself. So, Twitter was a lot of fun. I missed that so much. We haven't really had um, a riot on Twitter in a while, and. The first week didn't disappoint <laughs> when you have, you know, Tennessee losing to Georgia State. That was a lot of fun trolling those guys after they tried to uh, um, crucify Harbaugh for no reason for the Aubrey Solomon ordeal. And um, it's karma. It's karma, man. Georgia State pretty much wrecked them. It was an eight-point game, but, I mean, it was it – was, it was in hand, like in the fourth quarter, and it was uh, it was fun to see. It was great to see, and uh, it was a lot of fun on fun on Twitter for sure. So, going right into it, all fourteen games, very very brief for each one. Um, Brom, the Purdue coach, is now eight of fourteen. Eight of his last fourteen games, he has lost. So he's lost eight of his last 14 games. And um, Purdue uh, lost to Nevada. Nevada was Nevada was down by 17 in the second half. And Nevada was down by seven with less than a minute to play and ended up still winning the game. Uh, had a huge touchdown to tie it up. And then uh, Purdue threw an interception around the 50-yard line. And Nevada... 
you know, gained a few yards. And this dude, this I think, I think, I think it's a freshman. I think it's a freshman, but he was a walk-on kicker. He ended up kicking like a 56-yard field goal for the win. And after the game, he got the game ball and a scholarship was was pretty dope. Um, but yeah, uh, Purdue takes an L there. I believe they were they were like ten or eleven point favorites and uh, bombed that. Betters were probably pretty happy. Up seventeen in the second half with momentum, and end up you know losing in that fashion. Tough, tough scene. Uh, Minnesota. Minnesota struggled. Um, they played South Dakota State. They were down by a one with six minutes left in the game, um, and then they um, then they scored a touchdown and one for two and one by seven. Uh, but they struggled too. MSU uh, they beat Tulsa by twenty one. I believe that spread was like twenty three and a half. Uh, so MSU did not cover that. Um, pretty much same old, same old. With them, uh, you got your, you know, uh, you know, top five defense in the country, I believe. They are very, very good, very, very stout uh, off- offensively, uh, left a lot to be desired um, with the new play caller. So, I mean, really tough to say in the first game, but, you know, their defense is going to be – First class once again. That's going to keep them in, in pretty much every game, and uh, but you know their, their offense really struggles to move to move the ball. It's going to be really interesting to see when they play Ohio State here in a few weeks. Um, that defense versus the explosive Ohio State off offense, and with a young quarterback, it's going to be really interesting. Um. There's also they also did like negative seventy three r- rushing yards that the defense allowed. Um, little, little skewed, little, little skewed. Um, I think because they have some like weird rules that's rushing. Like if the lineman like hikes it back, and the quarterback misses it and gets sacked. 25 yards back, that's like a negative 25 rush. So it's a little bit misleading, that negative 73. But um, uh, but still, I think that they're like overall rushing. I think their top two guys were like negative one or something like that. They were, they were, uh, they were uh, pretty solid. Wisconsin, they went to South Florida in a true road game and beat them 49-0. Uh, Jonathan Taylor had 16 carries for 135 yards, allowed only nine first downs and 157 total yards. Wisconsin's QB transferred down to Florida State and lost that job. Uh, the new guy coming in, Jack Cohn, or Cohn, I'm not sure how you pronounce his name, threw for about 200 yards and two TDs. Wisconsin looked really, really good. Out of all the Big Ten teams um, that played this past week, uh, they were by far the, like, they were... I didn't. I did not catch any of the Indiana game, um, but I caught a bit of every single game. Um, Wisconsin, by far, um, was pro- probably the is probably the most ready team. They're probably in mid season form or almost in mid season form. They were really really crisp. They were they were very very impressive. Um, that's gonna be a tough game. 
in a few weeks. That's going to be a really tough game, man. Um, on the road and what I saw from Michigan and um, what I saw from Wisconsin, uh, Michigan's going to really have to step up against them. Uh, Rutgers. Rutgers was losing 21-7 to uh, in the first quarter, I believe. And then... Um, and then ended up scoring 31-0 in the second quarter. Ended up winning by 27 points over UMass. Um, Rutgers has a Texas Tech grad transfer. Um, grad transfer from Texas Tech. His name is McLean Carter. He threw for 340, 340 yards. Uh, to put that in perspective, uh, no QB for Rutgers has thrown for over 300 yards since 2015. So just to un- understand how, like how, you know, how that just does doesn't ha- just doesn't happen there. 340 yards, um a little bit wild. He did have I think three interceptions, but uh he loves to sling it around. Maryland beat Howard 79-0. Um we're really not going to learn much from that game. Howard is just not that good. But putting 79 points on anybody, uh, them getting Loxley from Alabama, uh, it's huge. It's going to be huge for them. Some of their stuff was crazy. I think they they went for over 600 yards. We're really not going to know that much. But this coming week, they have top 25 Syracuse. And I think that's that, that game, I think we're going to um, – know a lot more about Maryland and their squad and what they could possibly do this year in the Big Ten East. Um, Nebraska. Nebraska won by 14, but that game was a lot closer than the final score. Uh, South Alabama was... They they were always within, like, one score. Um, I felt every now and then, like, they were right there, you know, knocking on the door, and then they would do something like throw a pick six. Um... Nebraska didn't look very crisp, but and they have a soft schedule, so who knows when we'll be able to see like them against a a um legit team here coming up. Um next up, Illinois. Illinois, Brandon Peters threw for 163 yards for three TDs. I think he ran for one, so four TDs total. Uh he looked he looked solid. I mean, Illinois needed a a t- a, you know, a more talented QB, and uh, I think he's perfect there at Illinois. They beat Akron by 39. I believe that spread was like around 17 or 18 points. So they easily covered that. Akron's towards the bottom of the of the uh, uh, MAC. So can't really say much. Like I said before, Illinois should win their first uh, their first three games, and then from there it's going to be a lot tougher. Ohio State, Ohio State, uh, they beat Florida Atlantic twenty uh, by twenty four points. They really came out. They really came out good. They really came out aggressive. I thought they were gonna put up like ninety points or something. It was. It was. I mean, they were on track to just totally annihilate this FAU team. Like it was embarrassing. It was 28-0 with like 7 minutes and 15 seconds left in the first quarter. 28-0. Um, 
scary, scary stuff. I'm sitting here like, oh my God, like, <laughs> it's like, yo, these, these dudes are about to embarrass Lane Kiffin big time. But it didn't end up like that. Uh, from that point on, from about 7.15 left in the first quarter to the end of the game, FAU outscored Penn State 21, I'm sorry, FAU outscored Ohio State 21 to 17. Um, they were up 28-0 in the first seven minutes and like 40-something seconds. The spread was ended out at being 27 and a half. So imagine if you're a better and you're just like, you know what? Look, I'm good with this. Nobody else score. I win. Like, there's no way Ohio State will get out get outscored with what I just saw over the next three and a half quarters. Well, lost some money right there. Next up, Indiana, Ball State. Really, I didn't watch any of this game, uh, but Indiana beat Ball State by 10. Um, all I know really is that their quarterback threw for 326 yards. No real feedback there. Goat Franklin of Penn State beat Idaho. Idaho's not that good. This is like a this is like a Maryland versus Howard type of game. Uh Penn State won 79 to 7. Um they got pit in a in a couple weeks, I believe, on the 14th. Uh that should be interesting. Um, where we're gonna find out a lot more. Northwestern. Northwestern lost to Stanford by 10. Super boring. Super boring game. Uh, Stanford pretty much dominated that that entire game. Stanford was Stanford was pretty tough. Uh, I really I really enjoyed watching, you know, watching you know good good clean and tough games. Northwestern should be okay, uh, but they kind of ran into uh, um, a tough matchup in week one. Iowa they won by twenty four. It was a first half struggle. Um, but in the se- in the second half, they outscored um, their opponent twenty eight to seven. And lastly, we got Michigan. Uh, now I'm gonna be a little bit more detailed in what we talk about here. So, Michigan won by nineteen points, uh, forty to twenty one. Shea had three touchdowns. Uh, threw for 200-something yards. Zach Charbonnet had eight carries for 90 yards. The QB for Middle Tennessee State was was uh, super slippery. So he posed a lot of issues. He kept plays alive. He made big plays. He had chunk plays. He had the defensive line running all over the place. I don't think we're, we're going to play a, a, a guy like that again um, this year. Maybe Martinez, but he wasn't as, he's not as crafty as this dude was. This guy was cutting and spinning all over the place and throwing all balance. This this guy was like a homeless man's Johnny Menzel. Just, just super slippery, keeping plays alive, making some crazy passes. One of which, Lavert Hill, <laughs> totally bombed where that was a guaranteed pick six. Um, but yeah, it, he posed a lot of ish issues and you know, I'm kind of happy that we don't play a guy like that again. Um, quite a lot of jitters early. I think when, uh, I didn't see this part cause I was outside, but when Shay, um, when Shay fumbled 
I think that just sucked all the air out of the stadium. I saw the replay, and um, he ran for like 15, 18 yards. First play of the game. What I mean, boom. You know, talking about speed and speed and space. He read it correctly. He he got there. He fumbled. I think that kind of sucked the air out of the stadium and just started a bunch of negative vibes with people. Um, wasn't a great first impression, even though he gained a ton of yards on that play. It didn't protect the football. Um, I think that started a whole bunch of like negative thoughts in people's heads. And unfortunately, um, it just doesn't feel like um, a whole bunch of energy came back in the stadium after that. Kill momentum, unfortunately. But, you know, overall, you know, people people attack Shea for the dumbest of reasons. I mean, he is he's the best quarterback that we have on roster right now. And um, I'll get into a little more detail on that later. Bright spots. Um, the field goal kickings won. Um, Harbaugh doesn't want either guy to leave. <laughs> so he has Moody kicking the field goals and he has Quinn Norton kicking the extra points. Clearly, he trusts Moody more. He trusts Moody more. I mean, that's pretty much, you know, done. it's not hard to see. That he trusts Moody more. Why? Because field goals are more points and more difficult. So he gave that assignment to him for Norton. Um, you know, Norton's the the uh, the guy who is doing the extra points, and you know they didn't miss, which is always a plus. Uh, Ambry, uh, Ambry Thomas, probably like my MVP of the game. Uh, Kalitis is no joke. Kalitis is no joke whatsoever. You should look up the, um, you should really look up the uh, symptoms of that. I mean, it's, it's, it's nasty stuff. I've had people who have been out for that for weeks and they don't even play sports. They've been out for weeks. This dude was out and then he came back to play in a division one football game and he performed at that level. Um, I don't, he, he was probably still not 100%. It's, it's, it's kind of weird. You know, you could be feeling your best and you know, you're feeling your best. So you're not as in tune and focused and not trying to overcompensate mentally. Um, but when you're feeling down, you're sick, you have the flu, um, you know, you're, you're, you know, ill, for some reason, those are some of your best games because you're you have like this laser focus where you're just like it's like man, I gotta get through this, but I have to play at a high level. I'm not gonna be able to do certain things, but I'm gonna really work on my angles. I'm gonna really, you know, you know I'm gonna be more mental in this game. And for some reason, some of the best games are because, you know, there's been a there's been a setback. When you're feeling great, you're feeling good. I mean, you still have good games, but mentally, mentally, you're not, um, you're not tying it in as much as if, um, as of when if you were like ill or had a setback. Vincent Gray in a in a game where I'm gonna get into that just a little bit too. Um, 
it was one of my dark spots was, you know, Michigan had very poor tackling. Vincent Gray um, was a bright spot in that. I mean, he was lighting guys up in open field, one-on-one tackles. He made plays, and for someone where that was like his first game really playing, coming in, I mean, that was huge for him. It was huge for his confidence, too, and pretty sure the staff is taking note. Um, the secondary was very, very solid. Running backs, Zach Charbonnet and Christian Turner, I mean, they show that, you know, they're ready for this, especially Charbonnet. I mean, his – the main question was – about Charbonnet was like, can he pick up blitzes? Can he get into pass blocking? And he showed that he's going to be a stud. He showed that he can pick up blitzes and not only pick it up, but he's not going to be someone who's going to just get flattened. Um, he's someone who was going to, you know, he's going to do whatever it takes to keep guys in front. And the the dude is. The dude is a little. I mean, the dude is ripped. That is a that is a big dude. Um, it's a powerful runner. I really wish that they had got him a couple more carries to get to hundred plus. Um, getting that as a freshman, as a true freshman on your opening day, that would have been really really dope. I just wish that they had rec- recognized that and uh, fed him a little bit more just to get him over that hundred yard mark and get the offensive line some confidence to. Uh, open up holes for him as well, too. Um, the RPO with Shea, they could have ran the RPO the entire game and been unstoppable. Um, but I don't think Gaddis wanted to get it on film as much, so he kind of started doing other things. Um, Shea last year, I believe... In the regular season, the most passes he had during the regular season was 34 attempts. Uh, He had 26 at halftime. He had 26 attempts at halftime. The most he had all last year for regular season was 34. Uh, He had 26 at the half. He's going to have a 400-yard game, I believe. I I really think so. He's going to have... Multiple 300-yard games. He, he'll he probably have one or two 400-yard games, especially when they get DPJ back and get their guys healthy and ready to go. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be really exciting. But if the O-line is doing what they're supposed to do, when they're blocking, you know, you, you know don't forget about Charbonnet. Uh, I know it's an up-tempo thing, but I mean, you're watching, I mean, like teams like Oklahoma – like, that's what this is going to look like. You know, deep passes, get the guy, you know, get the guy the rock, you know, five, eight yards upfield, and then he's just doing what he does. And that's to be, you know, you know, you know this, is where you, this is where you talent. This is where you out-talent the other team and go to work. Um, and then passes will open up the run game, and then the run game will open up the, the, uh, the pass game. Um, little off-balance this past weekend um a little off balance and that's not a that's not a bad thing because that's because I think Gaddis is still is still trying to figure out um figure out the the uh, team and personnel so I get that understand that um 
I'm not panicking whatsoever. Uh, I think for the first game, I think they they looked fine. Uh, It's just a matter of um, uh, the offense clicking, and they should be fine. They should be totally, totally fine, and I can't wait to see that see the way that they grow versus a team like Army, um, a team that um, is going to be mature, a team that's coming off of an eleven win season. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. It's going to be interesting to see how Michigan plans to spread them out. You know, Oklahoma last year, you know, Army, you know. Army was tough. You know, well, what is Michigan going to do? And they had Kyler Murray. So it's going to be an interesting game from the offensive stand, uh, standpoint. But I think they'll be fine. I think I think they'll be okay. Um, a few dark spots. Uh, the you suck chant is stupid. I mean... I mean, you know, you're just adding on, you know, whether it's the, the the B word or the D word. I don't know. I've had some Michigan State fans tell me it's the it's the D word. I've had some Michigan fans say that too. I've heard it was the B. I don't know. Either way, it just doesn't flow. Um, some some people just don't like the you suck chant altogether. I don't mind it, but it. I mean, but that extra word it doesn't even it doesn't even flow. Or makes sense. It's just it's just stupid, um, and I really hope that you guys don't chant that this weekend to Army. I mean, come on. I mean, I'm not one to freaking wave the American flag and you know all this stuff going nuts. But you know you have to you know respect the military, respect their troops. You know, respect the troops and you know for you know they're 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 over there fighting like there's there are dudes like college aides overseas with bullets whizzing by their head you know they're going from you know one city to another and in that route you know they can get ambushed at any point so you know let's not let's put the you suck chant away for one week weekend just for your boy please um Let's, you know, refrain from that. I think that's a part of the uh, band, too. Um, kind of just, yeah, kind of like, no, just please don't. Um, the booing and cheering with Shay and Dylan. I mean, it's... You guys are better than that. Uh, I, would like to th- I would like to think so. I'm pretty sure that there's some... Michigan State fans listening and they're going to be like, no, they're not better than that. <laughs> um, but uh, you guys are better than that. Um, the kids don't deserve that type of uh, don't deserve that type of, you know, drama from the fans. You know, they all work super hard. They all work super hard. And um, Shea is the better quarterback for Michigan right now. McCaffrey, I believe, will be the better pro long-term. But you can't say that McCaffrey should be playing over Shea when McCaffrey gets in and he's like, 
Like, he doesn't, I mean, he runs it every single time. Like, all he does is, like, he runs. And I don't know if he's just, like, if he can't go through his reads, so he's just going to run. Um, like, he's like, oh, well, I don't know what's going on, so I'm just going to take off. I don't know what that's about. He's super athletic. Like, that's that's not that's not the argument here. But if he's the better quarterback, when he gets in and he can spin the ball like I hear, he's not coming in the game and doing that. I mean I mean tell me tell me if I'm tell me if I'm wrong here. Is he the better quarterback? I mean, long term maybe, but he's not coming in spinning the rock. He's coming in like he's Devin Gardner and he's just taking off or Denar Robinson where he's just taking off. You know, he's not really worried about, you know, making this pass or that pass. I think he had way more rushes than he had passes this past game. Uh, So that's, yeah, that's just, uh, just please stop doing that until you see McCaffrey come in and, you know, spin the rock to different receivers and really just getting huge chunk yardage or really moving the ball. I mean, just stop talking. Like, he's coming in the game and he's running all over the place. Now, another dark spot is, you know... Please, if you try to please everybody, you'll you'll end up pleasing nobody. Um, that's kind of how it is with the field goal kicking, but it is what it is from that stand standpoint because he doesn't want either to leave. But you know, having you know having McCaffrey in the slot, like catching passes and dunk passes, I mean. Like for what? I mean, I don't, I don't under, I don't understand that. Um, I tweeted something, and because um, I hate to be that guy this early, like I, I really hate to just, you know, you know, you know, come out and be, you know, against whatever the coaches are doing, because they. Because I'm not a huge football guy, you know. I'm not a huge fo- football guy, but I am learning like crazy. And um, but when it comes to team dynamic, I'm I'm pretty good with that. I mean, when it comes to team dy- dynamic, I am very understanding of how that goes. Trust me. Um, but I I tweeted this. I said, "Hate to be that guy this early, but." Why are we wasting a slot by putting the four-star uh, quarterback there? You recruit highly rated skill guys just to watch the backup quarterback get short dunk passes. I mean, little context behind that, just to explain where I'm coming from. You guys, I mean, you have guys like, you know, I'm going to chop his name, but like Sandrin still, 
you have you have you know Ronnie Bell, you have Cornelius Johnson, you have these fast dudes who you recruited to do things like this. Like that's what they came here to do. And they're watching the backup quarterback run that position. And if that's because you don't want him to transfer, well, if he catches the ball across the middle and gets laid out, <laughs> the McCaffrey's are pretty smart. That that is a football family. You think you don't think Dad's gonna say, "Yeah, for your health, you need to leave." It's like it's like you are a you are a future pro quarterback and you're running routes and you're going to get laid out one of these times. I mean, like that's, you know, like, you know, health wise as a parent, as a football parent, you don't think that that'll drive his dad crazy. Even Christian watching like, you know, you know why is my little brother, you know, He's he's competing for the quarterback position one minute, wants to keep him at quarterback, but then he comes out and, you know, he's out here running routes and all that stuff. I get it. You know, put put some of this stuff on film so when teams are ready for a week, we can counter it. I get it, 100%. I get it. But still, you know, McCaffrey is not speed and space. You know, that's... That's that's not what that is. I don't see Oklahoma doing that. I don't see Alabama doing that. I don't see Clemson doing that. I don't see these up-tempo teams doing that. Um, try to please everyone, you'll please no one. So that's all I got about that one there. Um... Tackling was very, very poor, man. I, I just, I really hope that, um, I really hope that losing Devin Bush doesn't open up a whole bunch of holes and deficiencies. Because that mean, if you think about it, Bush covered a lot of stuff last year, and sometimes you take that for granted. You know, even as a coach, you're just like. It's like, man, we're you know we're top five in the country and this and that. It's like, yeah, because you got an all American dude who covers sideline to sideline pretty freaking quick, and and he covers up a lot of stuff. I really hope that's that's not the case. Um, you know, Don Brown's got to fix that. Our tackling was not good. We we gave up a lot of chunk yardage when we really didn't need to. The interior D-line was not good. They were getting pushed around. If you haven't watched, um, if you haven't watched uh, Army film, if you haven't watched them you know, play, that is a physical team. That is a physical team who just doesn't, they don't care about anything except doing their job. You know, they don't care that you were a five-star dude. That dude had ROTC <laughs> the other morning. He, he doesn't care about you. But he's gonna do his job. You know, there are a bunch of Ben Masons 
Like all they care about is doing their job, whether they're going to be good at it or bad at it. They know their job and they're going to do it to their best of their ability. If they're if it's out of 100, the best they can do is a 43. They're going to give you 43 every single time. If the best they can give you is a 73, they're going to give you a 73 every single time. The best that they can give you is uh, a 57. They're going to give you a 57 every single time. There's not going to there's not going to be any cool about them. They're going to come at you. And if and if what they do and if what and if what they're good at um and if what they're good at and what we were weak at this past weekend, um they're really good with their offensive front the way that they they really really go. If you don't follow this guy's name is uh Jay Do. Uh, I don't I don't know what the numbers are. I think it's JDU51. He goes over. Um, Do used to play football at Michigan. Football season is always great following him because uh, he goes over so many different things that I don't even see that I'm starting to see. Um, it's almost like me and my travel videos or when, when, when I go through a concept and you guys are like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that's what that was. That's how it is kind of with uh, Do. He... He kind of takes it, you know, he gives you layers. He he takes it a, a step further on what to watch and what to see. Um, you know, the way that Army really gets out there and they block and they will chop block you and they will go hard. The defensive line, especially the interior, that was that was probably Michigan's weakest, uh, weakest part of their uh their entire game this past weekend that needs to be corrected ASAP or Army's going to have a field day. Um, I mean, they had some guys, they had some guys out. They had some guys missing. They had some guys who didn't play. My favorite line, my favorite line from fans is why isn't this guy playing? He's way better than this guy. Why isn't he playing? Short answer for that, he's not playing because he gets his ass handed to him in practice all the time. Or he doesn't do his job. Period. I mean, you could be a four-star, five-star, it doesn't matter. If you're getting schooled in practice, they're not going to put you out there in front of 110,000 fans. They're just not going to do it. Yeah, player A and player B. Player A is not very highly recruited, but does his job. Player B, highly recruited, but super lazy. They're not going to put player B out there. No matter what you've heard this past summer from bloggers and guys from these sites, like if if a dude is not doing his job when the lights are not on, He's definitely not going to do it when the lights are on because you can't just. Some guys are pla- are practice guys. I I get it, but this you know, at the Division One level, you have to show consistency. These coaches are being paid millions of dollars, not for you to be, not for you to just turn on and off whenever you want to. You know, you you can't be a, what they call a gamer. This isn't high school, you know, where you could just. BS all practice and then go out there and run for 300 yards. You know, you can't just out talent people 
in Division One football. It's just it's it's just not going to happen. So why isn't X? Why isn't this player playing? Just remember that segment right there. Moving forward, moving forward, what I really want to see is um, I really want to see Michigan to find an identity. They don't have one right now. They were out there. They were playing. They were playing hard. But, I mean, what was – they just don't have an identity. It just seems like there's um, – this is really cliche, but I didn't really see any leaders out there. Um, I saw – I saw talented guys. Um, I saw I saw some good concepts at times, but I didn't really see an identity. I didn't really see, you know, all right, this dude and this dude and this dude, they're gonna bring it every single game. This is this is gonna happen. I just I just didn't see that stand out. I didn't see an identity from the from the defense. I didn't see an identity from the offense, which is understandable because of, you know, very new concepts, more up-tempo, um, changing the tempo up and the different schemes. So I get that. But moving forward, I want to move towards, a you know, towards that identity for the offense. For the defense, a little disappointing. Um, just from a tackling standpoint and from the interior D line, that's got to get a lot, that's got to get a lot better uh, for Michigan to be able to compete for not only a Big Ten championship um, but for a CFP berth. It's gonna be huge for that. <clears throat> so that's that's pretty much it. Um, football, like I said, fo- football is really really not my thing. But certain dynamics, I do under I do understand. Uh, I'm getting better and better at it. So, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna continue to learn as much as I can because uh, I do enjoy watching it. But it's the little nuances, like like in uh, in basketball, I could probably tell you a play before they even run it, just based on the set and based on what the first pass is. In football, like I can't do that, and um, I'm learning. Um, and if you have any if you have any feedback about that on what to look, what to watch, watch for, let me know. Um, I'm doing a lot of learning on my own, whether it's following Dew's page or, um, or whether it's just you know watching as much football as possible to to just kind of uh, you know increase my uh, verbiage and knowledge of the game. I never played it, never played a snap, never put on a helmet, and I never put on pads, never played the sport. Um, but there's a lot of dudes who didn't play play basketball who are very very knowledgeable, so that, that's what I kind of want to uh, uh, get to at some point. All right, we got mailbag. I'm gonna try to get through this as fast as possible, but this is my favorite part. All right, I answer as many as I can. If there's a similar question that I already answered, I'll acknowledge it, but I won't like you know go into depth again about it. All right, I got from Flavortown Police, I think it says. Police Chief of Flavortown. Was Michael Jordan kind of trash? That is false. He was not kind of trash. Um, to play in this era, he would need a better jumper. Um, but no, he's not trash at all. 
Favorite Michigan football and Michigan basketball moments as a fan? Oh, man. As a fan, I would have to go with favorite Michigan football moment. Probably... Probably Denard's pass to Tree against Notre Dame with like three seconds left. I think that, I mean, I was going nuts. I was so happy for those guys. Um, you know, I think that was after the uh, Rich Rod, like after the the uh, Rich Rod year. That was Hoke's first year, I think. I think, I think, I think, I think. But, um, but yeah, probably the pass to Tree. Uh, for that night game. I thought that was dope. Um, Michigan basketball moment as a fan. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, One of the coolest moments was probably when Michigan hit like five straight threes against Maryland over like a literally like over a two-minute span Michigan hit, like, in real time, two minutes. They hit, like, five straight threes. That was pretty dope. Trey's jumper against Kansas was pretty dope. Pool's three against Houston was pretty dope. Um, there have been a lot of cool moments as a fan. Uh, that was from Brandon Gills. Uh, Keith Davis, uh, Texas toast or sourdough for grilled cheese sandwiches? Ooh, Texas toast and grill it in all the oil. Like, get it in there. Most definitely. Texas toast, 100%. Nice and buttery, too. Oh, man. All right. Scott Bell. Uh, who would win a fight between Courtney Sims and a 12 year old boy chosen at random? Well, Courtney Sims is 6'11, 7 feet, and he's from, he's from Boston. So, I'm going to go with uh, Courtney Sims. Um, is Epstein dead? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Usually, when like someone asks these questions, I'm like, like you mean dead, dead, or like Tupac dead? You know, but <laughs> uh, yeah, man, that dude gone, gone. Which which sucks. I think he had a lot of stuff to say. Uh, do you think it's from AK47 underscore 80? Actually, last one was from, uh, Cornrow Mello, Areem K. Abdullah. This was from AK47 underscore 80. Uh, do you think some people watch games with their eyes closed? Is that why people miss so much of what happened? I don't think so. I just think that a lot of people, um, they see something and they don't really know how to feel about it, so they go see what other people are saying, and they kind of go, yeah, you know what, I agree with that, you know, whether that fits their narrative or not. So uh, I think a lot of people need to uh, get confirmation on what they just saw and make sure other people get it too, you know, that other people, you know, feel the way that they feel as well before they take it that next step of, really feeling that way is it's kind of hard to understand that's more of like a sheep mentality um 
if you have, if you think a certain way, just think that certain way, you know, be a free think or be a free thinker. You don't need to be out here um, waiting for confirmation from others before you say what you have to say. Uh, Matt Hollingsworth at MRH6454 said, so with a deal that can't do much, is Wisconsin way more of a threat than everyone thought coming in? Uh, I think with the defensive line, you know, we did have some we did have some guys out um, out with injury. I think uh, Dwan Four was out after the first series of the game, and then uh, Donovan Jeter. I'm not sure if it's Jeter or Jeter. Uh, he he was out, but I believe he'll be back by Army. Um. So we'll see how they look, how they look when we actually have our like first team D line in there. But Wisconsin's good, man. Wisconsin's good. If you haven't been been able to watch them watch them play, um, that's that's gonna be a heck of a game. That's gonna be a heck of a game. It's gonna be hard. It's gonna be tough. Um, and Michigan plays them very very soon. It's gonna be a that's gonna be that's gonna be a heck of a game, man. And uh, Wisconsin lost to us just last year. I mean, they they didn't forget that game. Like it was embarrassing for them. They did not forget that game, man. Um, they didn't forget that game. Don't be surprised if Michigan loses. Uh, dead dead serious. Don't be surprised. Um, Evan Howard, Evan Ready twenty. Said basketball recruiting best realistic and worst case scenario for any commitments from your ten man list. Uh, best case scenario is um, Jason going to come. That's just a done deal. Jason is going to come. Zeb's going to come, and then there's three outstanding uh, scholies. Best case scenario: three people from that from those ten commit. Um, most realistic, one from the ten commits, uh, one goes, uh, one eventually goes to a, like a preferred walk on or a, a kid that's pretty good, and uh, it, the next scholarship will go to like a a B recruit because we couldn't get those ten, so we will get um, the uh, second best from that position. Uh, worst case scenario is probably, you know, all three scholarships are, you know, come, you know, go to the B or C options, honestly. Recession and market crash, one, both, and when? Um, don't know. Uh, the election coming up in 2020 is going to... Uh, the market usually does weird things around that time, so I'm paying a lot of attention to it. And whenever the president tweets, uh, whether that's the president, it, I mean, Obama, you know, he used to say some things where the market goes up, up and down. The problem is uh, Trump does the same thing, except um, he he does it more frequently. So you see the market reacting a lot more. Um, it's hard to say. It's hard to say what's going to happen with these tariffs. What's going to happen with the uh, with the uh, trade war? We'll see, man. We'll see. That was from Rob Rosso. Um, we have 
do LeBron is good? Ask uh, who's the best prospect who is concerning Michigan basketball in next year's class of high school. I'm guessing you're saying uh, best class. Uh, who's the best of the class of 2020? That's probably going to be uh, Joshua Christopher. Uh, he said that he is going on visits throughout the year, which tells me that he's not going to sign until the late period. But I do believe that him going overseas is still going to be in play. Um, but that's going to be the best prospect. He's a he's a he's a he's a he's a top ten kid, ranked eighth or ninth in the uh, country, the number one or two shooting guard. He's a real deal. Uh, let's see. All right, Michigan State fan, JC and GH, uh, iHuman7202, bunch of numbers. Do you think UM has the DL, the the defensive line, to effectively handle the rush game, or is Brown going to need to scheme bringing a safety in the box versus Army? Do you want to see a play where Milton and McCaffrey both line up at wide receiver? Oh, that's a that's a no, first of all. That second question's a no. Um, do I think that, they had that the D line can handle the rush game. Uh, I think that um, with Donovan coming back, that's going to help the in, the uh, interior quite a bit. I think that's going to help the line quite a bit. But at the same time, uh, he may bring another into the box. He may change up schemes because you know Don knows that they are very run heavy. They don't pass that much. Um. And, you know, there's reports that they've been working on Army stuff since last spring. So I think they're going to be prepared for it, and uh, and they know what's coming. So I don't know what they're going to do, uh, but I do think that they are going to they are going to stack stack the box some because uh, uh, Middle Tennessee kind of uh, manhandled our guys a couple times. I don't know why, though, but it's crazy. All right, Staten forty four Ray asks, what's the appropriate amount of Franklin's Purdue's coach Brom should put in Urban's Christmas card this year? I don't know what that means. Is it okay? So amount of Franklin, so hundreds or how much money to give to him? I don't know why. I don't know why. It's a weird question. I don't even know how to answer that. Uh, John Nelson. Uh, P. Diddle 27 asked, have you ever done any kind of fantasy sports? If yes, do you have any thoughts on the upcoming football season? Um, For real, for real, no. Uh, I don't get into fantasy sports. Um, I just, I mean, I don't because I just don't have the time. My, my circle of friends is so so small so so small and a lot of them are out of state so like I'm not always hanging out with with people I'm not always going out like I own my own finance practice um and then you know I'm you know I'm trying to uh you know I try to respond to as many people on Twitter as possible so it seems that I I do tweet a lot at times but it takes five seconds to send out a tweet. If I'm if I'm tweeting, I'm either going, I'm either going to a meeting, to the office, from the office, from a from a meeting, um, you know, just depending on what's 
going on out there. But I just don't have time for the fantasy sports thing because you have to pay attention to rosters. You have to pay attention to who's injured. You have to pay against pay attention to who's playing who. I just I just don't have the time when I'm devoting so much time to um so much time to my practice and so much time to uh um my own podcast and uh so much time towards you know I'm you know partnering with um a merchandising company to uh to get my stuff going so I can start like wearing so I have a lot of stuff going on outside I, I just don't get into it um let's see here we have uh Cameron Taylor at real Cameron Taylor he asks is it unfair for fans to boo Shea and go nuts for when Mc- when McCaffrey's on the field uh Shea's earned the job he's more experienced and does a does a decent job McCaffrey has one play the zone read other than that I have a lot of questions um by the way I love the pod Appointment listening once it drops. I appreciate that, man. Really, really do. Um, is it unfair for fans to boo? It's unfair for your fans to boo any student athlete who's out there trying to try and trying to uh, represent the school that you love. And I think it's you know, it's uh, you know, and Shea has earned earned the job. And you're right, McCaffrey does have one play. <laughs> oh, he runs every single like he he's passed the ball. He passed the ball what like what like twice. Um, you know Shea's the better quarterback right now. He is you know he's the way that he he reads. He's usually making the right play. He's usually running when he should. He's usually passing when he should. Um, whether his passes are on or off, you know. That can be worked on over time. Time still, uh, especially you know timing with his um, receivers. But you know he's easily he's easily earned he's easily earned the job, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And um, I think McCaffrey is gonna is going to be good, especially when he gets the rock. I think that he's going to be able to go through those same progressions, but, but you know, right now it's Shay's job. It should be Shay's job, and the fans kind of need to understand that. Uh, Robert, thirty-five, Robert sixteen asks, "Can you please explain why Shay is the starter? Because people still don't seem to get it." Yeah, same, same thing, same deal. They are, um, you know, Shea is the guy. He's the one who's going through the correct progressions, and he's the one who's doing the right things. He's not coming in. He's not coming in and, you know, just running all over the place because, you know, you know certain reads are, you know, whether the reads are good or bad, he, he, does, he doesn't just take off for no, for no uh, apparent reason. Um, Tyler Durden which is Kevin LH1975. How long will it take for Howard to have a five-star or two in each class and for a system to take off? You're going to see, you're still going to see some beeline stuff just because they're beeline guys and the way that 
practices are and the way that you know he teaches things, you're still going to see a lot of those uh, fundamentals. I was watching a video from July 3rd of Juwan Howard <laughs> going through a drill where you like pass back and forth and he was shuffling as he was doing it. I cringed, you know, I cringed because I know Beeline would go off if we did that. Um, because you never, in a basketball game, you would never shuffle and pass the ball and get the ball back. That just doesn't happen. You, know, you run while you're passing back and forth. So that's like a small example. Um, it's going to take uh, about two two years. About two years. And getting a five-star or two, I don't think is the most important part. I think the most important part is getting the best guys, the best guy available who fits what he wants to do. Because if your only aim is to get, if you get a couple of five stars, that's great. If they're one and done, you need to you need to fill those gaps in every single year. If you don't, you're going to end up like an LSU where you have a good season every couple years. Well, not, not even good. Like, you have an okay one. Because it's really hard. It's very, very hard to win with a bunch of freshmen. It's hard. You know, Duke went to the Elite Eight. They didn't win their conference. And they had the three top recruits in the country. So... In basketball, you know, you, you know, you have to be able to uh you have to be able to get guys who fit what you want to do. You know, five stars are great. Love five stars. Awesome. But are you recruiting guys who are already one foot out the door? If you recruit guys who are one foot out the door, you know, they will be very quick to just you know, they're they're more concerned about themselves more than the actual team. Uh, and that can wear everybody down. So, got to get the right guys. Got to get, got to get the right guys. If those five stars, um, if they represent what you're trying to do within your system, by all means, by all means. But you, you, you have to have a plan B, knowing that if they leave after this year, I got that covered because I recruited another small forward that is going to be more like a two or three year player just to get some type of consistency and some type of leadership within the uh, basketball program. A buddy of mine, he's a huge Kentucky fan. He despises all the five stars that come through there and then leave because you're, you have a bunch of high school kids that make the dumbest mistakes every single year and drives you crazy. And really have nothing to show for it. Um, they think he, he uh, yeah, he's, he's, he said he's tired of everything. He said he's tired, said he's, you know, he needs, you know, you know, he needs better shooters. He needs better passers. He need guys with, you know, higher IQ. He need guys um, who fit the modern game a lot better just getting a bunch of athletes do absolutely nothing if you look at the last nba draft they didn't they didn't recruit you know they didn't draft based on athleticism and height and potential they drafted based off of what you can do as a player 
You know, can you shoot it right now? You know, can you score at multiple levels? That's what got you drafted. Guys slipped because they couldn't do those things. Guys rose in the draft because they could do those things. The same thing with modern, you know, college. You have to be able to, you know, do those things. Uh, Marble twenty eight asked, "Do you think in future games we'll play more up tempo? Even though we did the no huddle offense the f- the first game, we seem to play at the same slow pace. I like for a more st- a much more dynamic, fast paced offense. Or is this just who we are?" Um, I think uh, I think Gaddis is still trying to understand who we are. That's why I said earlier uh, the identity. The identity that uh, that's on the offense is pretty non-existent right now. So I think Gaddis is trying to find it. They're gonna go faster. They're gonna go faster. They're in no hu- They're in no huddle. They all they gotta delay a game in no huddle. Like that doesn't have happen. I think you know since so many guys are on different pages because at some at some at some point at some point what you're gonna see is you're not gonna see a bunch of guys looking at the sideline for the next play. What you're going to see is a quarterback pretty much taking over, saying, okay, we just got this yard gain. We're going to have three or four different looks going here or there. So eventually it'll, it'll, it'll get to that point, but we're still super early into this. Uh, PMD, Longway Ike. Uh, are you concerned with the lack of pass rush concerning all the big names we've had on the DL the past few years? And the lack thereof this year, or am I making too much of nothing? I mean, Winovich isn't there. Rashawn Gary isn't there. Guys have to step up. There's an athletic group, super athletic. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson is 6'7, 290. That guy is a monster. Uh the guys are the guys are are definitely there. Just just that just that. Interior. As soon as you know, Dwellford comes back and and uh, Jeter are right there. I think they'll be okay. I think I think they'll be fine. Um, but it's going to be hard to re- to uh, replace some you know quality guys. Got to have a high motor. Uh, you can't get pushed around. As much as I say, you know, you know Ben Mason is a tough dude. Dude was on his back like the whole game. And that's nothing on him. He was a fullback, and he's trying to, like, morph into something else. Um, but, you know, I think they'll be okay. You know, Don Brown a, is, a, is a hell of a coach. He'll find the guys. He'll find the guys that, uh, that will, will uh, be able to get the, get the uh, job done. Josh Morocco. Do you have any concern about Howard moving in the opposite direction of B-line in terms of bigs? Back to the basket and more post stuff instead of stretching the floor? I haven't read anything about that. Uh, Once I get information on that, I'll be able to share it. I hope not uh, because stretching the floor is modern basketball. If you want to have a post-up game, you're not going to be very successful. I mean, that's just... I mean, if it's if you're relying on a post game, like you're not going to be very successful. Period. Uh, you got to be able to stretch the floor. If you have guys who can do multiple things, if you have guys who can, 
stretch the floor and you know, if you have guys who can also post that's totally fine but you can't just keep the keep the paint clogged the entire game uh PS Castleton yeah Castleton's the the real the real deal if he's the four I don't mind that I mean that that dude can shoot he could dribble he could, he could he could do a lot of things he he could do a lot of things don't be surprised don't be surprised if he leaves early. Do not be surprised. Alright, we have Nicki Minaj slander account. Yeezy Silver Surf. Can you set an over under how long I have this account? I mean, you keep talking junk about uh Eminem and all these guys. You're you know, Twitter's gonna find you and and ban you again, man. Period. Uh but yeah, that's it. Army's coming up. They are going. They are going to be all. They are going to be tough. Um, they are going to try to outwork Michigan. I think Michigan will, will uh, be be all right. Uh, the one game that I'm now really like hesitant about is that Wisconsin game. Wisconsin. Wisconsin really impressed me this past week. They got blown out by Michigan last year. It's on the road in Madison. It's early. Wisconsin is ready right now. Don't be surprised if Wisconsin wins that game. Just saying. Don't be surprised if if, if uh, Wisconsin wins that game. Best team in the Big West. Not the easiest schedule, though. So who knows if they'll make it to Indianapolis. Nebraska has the easiest schedule, and I think Minnesota has the second easiest schedule. Um, Wisconsin, one of the uh, tougher ones. But, yeah, that's going to be a hard game, dude. That's going to be a hard game. And uh, we have a couple weeks here to really figure things out before we, before we, we uh, get, to that, get to that point. You know the deal. This is on iTunes and Spotify. It's you can't guard me. I'm on Twitter as it's Ant Right. Any feedback will be great, whether it's uh, sound quality, whether it's because uh, I I don't edit this. I just talk all the way through. Uh, if you have any if you have any questions, if you have any you know feedback, anything, please let me know. Please holler at your boy. It's it's September now. It's September. The first basketball practice happens in about a month and a half. I can't wait. Well, actually, hold on, no, 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 no. New rules have it in a in a end of September, so a, a couple weeks. Um, they have like they have like different workout rules now. But that should be interesting. I can't wait. The football team. Uh, uh, Gave us more questions than answers. I just hope that they they uh, figure it out against Army, and they will be good to go. Holla at you. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.